What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast. We had some technical difficulties, but we're here. Uh, super excited uh, for this episode. Uh, before we uh, get all into that, I'm your host, Gladia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. What's up, fam? We're at episode four, jumping off the new year just right. It's It's been a, a fire month so far. We've had amazing guests um, but I'm really excited for this one. Uh, but before we go into that, make sure you hit the like, subscribe, follow us on IG. You have our handles down here. Um, but, you know, this person we have on really needs an introduction. You know, we, we have him back again. He was actually our first guest we had <laughs> on the podcast over a year ago, uh, I think the end of 2021. Um, and, you know, he's been doing amazing things. I think he started wholesaling probably back in 2019, 2020, somewhere around that time. And uh, when we spoke to him, he had recently left his corporate job to go full-time pursuit of real estate. Um, but, you know, we've been keeping tabs on him and he's just been killing it, hasn't looked back since. Uh, and really his focus now is building his own community, his own real estate community uh, and helping others build six-figure operations. Let's welcome our friend, Jeff Trimble. What's going on, my brother? What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? Man, it's uh it's it's been a minute, but it's it's so good to see you. I, I knew we were gonna have a round two, so I'm so appreciative you taking some time out of your busy schedule to to meet with us. Oh, it's all love. I'm I'm ready for some flames to be dropped. You hear me? <laughs> hey, no pun intended, freedom flames, right? Freedom flames <laughs> back in the house. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, make sure you guys show some love throughout the interview, throughout the episode. Drop your questions for Jeff. I'm telling you guys, he he wasn't playing when he said he's going to be dropping flames because anytime we have a conversation with him, it's just nonstop. So uh, make sure if you guys have any questions, post them in the chat. Now, a lot's been going on since we last connected. So we, we connected, I think, right before the end of 2021. That mm -hmm. was December of 2021, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so what, what's Jeff been up to? I feel like a lot's happened. I feel bro. like it's been 10 years, bro. Since then. Yeah. So I, I think we did this interview almost a year ago. I think it was at the begin. It was at the end of 2021, either that or the beginning of 2022. Yep. Um, and when I had first interview with you guys, I had just left my job, my corporate job back in August. And uh, man, I was just trying to figure out the entrepreneurship journey, right? I never mm -hmm. planned to do this full time. Like my intent was just just to do this to, you know, have access to more money to be able to live the life that me and my family want to live. So, it man, uh, like y'all said, a lot has happened. We've purchased rentals. Uh, we've built the community. We have closed more deals. Mm -hmm. We are focusing more on the social media, you know, presence, and we're mm -hmm. just trying to get busy. Hey, busy is good. Sounds like business is good too. Um, so, how I, I think to kind of trickle into that, like, how has that been? Like, walk us through what that first year, because it's you know, you've now kind of had a for a full one year being full-time like were there times that things were scary because i think that's always the thing right mm -hmm. when people yeah. um make that jump or make that decision it's always like the free the fear of unknown so like you know walk us through that process because i think not many people talk about like those feelings that you go through agree uh so 
any entrepreneurship journey is going to be cyclic. It's, it's never going to flow like this. It's never going to flow consistent. Yeah. The, the whole part of the journey is creating processes, creating structure so that when the cyclicness happens, you're prepared to navigate it the same way you do. So when you're having a down month, you still got to do the same things that you do when you're having an up month. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then what's going to happen the following month? You're going to continue to have that. Um, the other thing is protecting your mindset. Because, and it's funny, me and my wife were talking about this the other day. Shout out to my wife, because I know she's here. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I'm doing and to add the value that I'm adding. So shout out to my baby. Hey, the ladies, man. Hey, shout out to the wife. (laughs) So um, anyways, I'm used to, I'm kind of a hybrid of an introvert and an extrovert. So I like people, but sometimes I don't like people, right? (laughs) So um, I get charged up by doing things like this, by interacting with people. And when you are going from working in an office in a corporate environment, right, to working working by yourself and you're confined to your home, that can be a mental shift that you have to do. So, you know, I've created the community to create like a hybrid version of that Mm -hmm. or you know being able to interact with you guys on platforms like this so it's been a very very interesting uh and very rewarding journey if i must say yeah that's awesome man um i know we've talked in the past too and you know you you're a family i mean always so it's been really amazing to see your journey um as a business owner entrepreneur in the real estate space and then now getting into some of the social media success that you're you're having right now too so can you kind of break down i guess now compared to when we first saw you your uh wholesaling business and what that looks like now yeah so i i was a covid baby for wholesaling (laughs) many many were (laughs) many many of us were um so covid we know it hit back in 2019 but it didn't really we didn't recognize it until about March of 2020. Right. Well, I got started wholesaling July 2020. So mm-hmm. buyers had kind of realized, okay, it's not as crazy as I thought it was going to be. Real estate is still essential. I got to buy. So when we came in, the market was on its way to thriving. Right. And the buzzword was to scale. Hey, big teams, a lot of cold callers, you know, a lot of markets. That was that was the vibe that everybody was going after. And because I didn't have the experience, I was riding that wave. I was going with the vibe. Well, last year we started to see a shift. Right. When those interest rates increased, buyers started to have the same reaction that they had when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, wait a minute. Like that's I can't pay as much, or I can't pay over asking, or I can't buy their property without walking it. Whereas five or six months prior, they would. So it really was a, a good reset for us because we we went from having a relatively large team that we had scaled up to running lean, which is now mm-hmm. what the buzzword is. Lean, do volume, profit margin is what's important. So that's the major difference. My team is nowhere near as big as it was, uh, but we're doing more volume that way. Mm. Well, let's talk about 
what were what kind of what how did that that transition look like from going scale? Because I, I remember from the meetings we used to have, you had you know you had a team of cold callers and this and that. Like, you know, uh, and I, I know, you know, I've been kind of stalking you on, on IG. I know you attended some, uh, you know, some mentorship or coaching, like to talk to us about, about that process, because yeah. again, people don't like to like really uncover that. They, they just show like, oh, I miraculously am now, you know, I'm a lean team and I'm closing this many deals, but yeah. it never works out that way. No, that's re- that's a really good question, G. So just to kind of give you guys some numbers, my, I had got my team headcount wise as high as 11 people Mm. i had a disposition person i had an acquisitions person i had a slew of cold callers a person running our sms and admin and what i always say is revenue highs problems Mm. so when uh when you're getting consistent deals and you're doing volume you're not forced to look at those inefficiencies Right. Well, when you do have to start saying, OK, I need to make sure my profit margins heavy are, are healthy, rather, um, you got to look at your processes. And the only way to do that is to evaluate, OK, who's not performing? Why are they not performing? Are they the best fit? So it was kind of a series of things that happened. A few people quit, which they they seen the writing on the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people by themselves. Right. Uh, I laid off a couple people and I fired a a good amount of people and my team that I am, I I have five people on my team right now. Mm. Uh, I just promoted a closer. So I have three virtual closers. That was something that I didn't have, Mm -hmm. which we can probably talk about a little later on, on the show. Mm -hmm. I was closing all of the deals. Now I I have three closers. Um, I have one follow-up specialist and I have an admin. I actually, after we get done with this meeting, I have an interview. Shout out to Ashley Johnson. Uh, Ale- yeah, Elevation shout out to Ashley. Yeah, she's going to backfill my follow-up specialist. So I have six. But that's, that's awesome. where I'm at today. I love that. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> I know that, like, you didn't you have um, really some issues kind of onboarding and stuff like that when you first kind of, you were growing your business as well, too? Yes. So. Like um, there were some internal issues. And I I think a lot of people don't realize when you go from doing it yourself to hiring Mm -hmm. people, what that process is is like. Right. You know, putting your systems in place so you're not um, you know wasting their time and your your actually your money, too. Right. So, can you talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So one thing that a lot of people say about closing is that closing is an art. And when you think about that, you got to when people say things, I I always wonder, are they really thinking about what they're saying? When you Mm -hmm. think about art, all three of us can look at a canvas and Mm -hmm. draw something different. Nowhere polar opposites. Right. If you are wanting to scale a business, any corporation, any job that we've ever worked for, you're not able to do it as an art. Right. They don't say, hey, G, welcome to our company. Hey, go knock it out. Do it, G. <laughs> they say, hey, G, welcome to our company. By the way, I'm going to put you with somebody who does what you do so you can see how they do. And I'm also going to give you literature that we have developed to show you how we do what we do. So what I always tell people is for me, closing is natural. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy mm-hmm. connecting with people. I don't I don't have to have a script to close a deal. 
but everybody's not like that. Right. So that was the problem that I had. And I kind of went through a few iterations of a closer. So when I was on you guys' show last, I think I had either just promoted my acquisitions uh, manager or I was getting ready to. And he was a strong cold caller. I had promoted him. I was spending the time with him, which is very important. Mm -hmm. um, and what I did is I was like, okay, it seems like he got it. Let me back off a little bit. I want him to spread his wings and, you know, find his own way. Well, what I started to see was diminishing returns. Like mm -hmm. when I backed off, the, the deal stopped coming. He wasn't being as consistent. And one day I said, man, I got to figure out what's going on. It was, it was Mar it was April of 2021. And I was looking at what was projected to close in May of 2021. And I'm like, this is our lowest month that we've had in like 12 or 13 months. Unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Like I got to figure out what's going on. So I get on a Zoom looking him in the eyes like I'm looking at you guys. And I kind of go through our training. And I'm listening to what he's saying. I'm like, man, that doesn't sound like us. <laughs> right. There's something we, we use a line. Hey, if we give you a, a Home Depot credit card, you know, how would you what would you do in the home? What kind of upgrades would you do? He says something about an Amazon gift card. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell? Is Amazon this has stuff. But I don't know about that. <laughs> man, I'm like, this dude is rusty. I could tell. Like, and he had an opportunity, y'all, that was on the phone. And he was butchering the opportunity mm. to the point of where I literally told him I said hey stop the call tell him that your manager is gonna call and pick up the conversation so you know he hangs up the call and I'm telling him I'm like hey man we gotta get this together because this <laughs> this ain't looking right and I called the seller and my intent was to lock the deal up but more importantly to show him how to navigate the conversation right, right. yeah so, man, this joker is falling asleep while I'm on the phone. Oh, no. Mm. Y'all know me. Come on. And he's on live Zoom. You're watching him fall we're, asleep. We're on a Zoom. And, and he's, he's doing this number right here. This is what he was doing. He was like. Oh, no. You, hey, no, I've, I've seen the church. Hey, the church he he off, right? Yeah, you know, like he, he was. And I was like, I probably said a few uh, holy curse words. I'm like, I know this blank. <laughs> Man, I couldn't get off that phone quick enough, y'all. Right. Long story short, what ended up coming about from that, I suspended him. Um, he, The day he was supposed to return, he ended up quitting, uh, which was okay. But I found an inefficiency. Because as leaders, what we often do is when it's a problem like that, we blame him. It wasn't his mm -hmm. fault. That was my yeah. fault. Yeah. That was my fault that I allowed it to get like that right? Um, because of the lack of structure. And mm -hmm. what I realized is, although I had him coined as an acquisitions manager, he was following up. He was doing follow-up specialist mm -hmm. tasks, right. which mm -hmm. he wasn't getting out enough offers, which is the reason why we weren't closing enough deals. He was chasing people. Right. As a closer, we don't chase people. We talk to people who are ready to sell, right? Correct. Right. So that is when I decided, OK, I need to put some more structure. I need to get a follow up specialist. So then I did that. My second iteration of an acquisitions manager was around April, May 
of 2021. So now I have a follow-up specialist and I have a little bit more structure, but um, it still wasn't firing off like I needed it to. I was still having to be in the seat and, and drive it. And I, I couldn't do that because at this at this point, I'm frustrated. Yeah. This is the frustrated part of entrepreneurship because I'm like, man, if I'm not talking and closing deals, we are not making money. Right. I'm not able to spend the time that I want to spend with my family. I'm working six or seven days a, a week. That's not why I decided to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when we made a decision to go to Tiffany and Josh's high uh, two day, mm-hmm. which was absolutely transformational for us. And the major takeaways that we got from there was a sales process um, and daily meetings. Those were the two things we implemented like yesterday. I couldn't even leave there quick enough before right. I was setting up Zoom meetings. Um, one of the, the issues that I've seen with that part of our iteration of closing was that I wasn't trusting my closer. Like I, the leads will come in and y'all know what I mean. The leads mm-hmm. come in and you're like, okay, that asking looks good. I'm going to handle this one. Mm-hmm. And then I'm throwing him all of the trash, right? And and I'm wondering, okay, he's having success, but why is he not having success? Hey, also, shout out to my team because they're on here too. Shout out to shout out to the team investment group. Yeah, shout out to you. Um, So I immediately came back. I um, implemented the sales process, and like he started, I started to see the ramifications of what I wanted to see. In December, my closer, because I only had one at that point, he closed $56,000 in revenue. Mm-hmm. All of those deals were by himself. And I didn't I didn't close not one of them. And that was the proof that I needed that now we have a scalable model um, that we can build off of. So I promoted another closer. So I had to, and now I'm in the process. We just had our third one start this week, and I'm excited about what's ahead. That's amazing. You you really unpacked. We have a lot to unpack just off of that. Yeah. First off, is just as an entrepreneur, and um, what makes it hard is like people always think, oh, leaving a, a job to be an entrepreneur, like you can't, you know, you have to add structure, uh, mm-hmm. you have to add processes. We we talk about that a lot, like documentation, um, you know, because when you're just going from doing it all yourself to then handing it off to a team, like there's that mm-hmm. point of like um, that as a, as a leader is like, you can't do everything. Yeah. Like you, you do have, you said like, I didn't trust my team, mm-hmm. but why was that? You, you really kind of took some time to reflect. You went to get um, coaching from, um, I, I forgot their call. I think Josh. Tiff and Josh. And they're, they're amazing stuff. I follow them too. Um, amazing, amazing things. And you built in a process and you kind of tweaked it to make it to work with yours uh, and tested it out and found out, you know, hey, actually this this works. Let, let me let me roll with this. Because I think what a lot of people do is um, they overcomplicate it and it seemed like you simplified it instead. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think this is like huge for anybody who wants to go full time or maybe they're in the, in, in between that is, you know, it's, it's important to really, uh, see the high level picture. This is why you don't want to work on the business because you, you have to step back to see 
where are my vulnerabilities? Like where, where are the holes in my process? You have to constantly be iterating. Um, and that's, you know, as a business owner, that that's what it takes. Um, and, and so for, for you, um, talk to us about what the change in the market now that you've hired these or, you know, promoted these closers, Mm -hmm. like what kind of, what have you adapted? Cause I think before, you know, when we kind of got started, it was easier not to have the negotiation skills, mm-hmm. right? Because buyers were just, you know, buying left and right. Yeah. Uh, and now because they have a very specific criteria, you have to be really good on the phones. Yes. Um, so what are some things on top of like, I already know you're a closer, like, but like, what are some things that you've helped with your team to pass on uh, in terms of like negotiations and stuff like that and training? Yeah. So the first thing is what we were doing initially, uh, G and Tim, was we were doing the one call close. Like we would get the seller on the phone, we will keep them on the phone and close them out. That's also not a scalable model, in my opinion. Right. Because it takes a lot to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And it keeps the person from being in tune in the conversation because the major key First flame that I'm dropping. Yep. The major key to closing is adding value outside of the price. Mm. When I can add value to the seller outside of the price, the price is always going to be negotiable. Mm. So the only way to be able to key in on those things is if I can be into the conversation. So we eliminated the one call close. Um Another thing that we're doing is um, you got to have conversations with your buyers. These are the people that have your money. And I give you an example of us doing that and us getting the benefit. Like I started calling up my buyers. I'm like, hey, you still buying? What's happening? Where are you at? You know, we were in Montgomery and Birmingham, Alabama. We had one buyer that was buying in both of those markets. And I called the buyer. We're marketing heavy in Birmingham because we probably done 15 deals easily in Birmingham. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we probably sold 10 to 12 of them to him. Oh, wow. uh, he's like, hey, I'm actually got, I'm glad you called. I was going to reach out to you. We're not buying in Birmingham right now. Mm-hmm. We paused Birmingham because we have a backlog of inventory that our contractors have to, you know, uh, fix and flip for us. And we are listed and we'll come back. So that is an example of had we not called and we were marketing in Birmingham and 80 to 85 percent of the deals that we have sold to that buyer. That is a waste of time and resources. Right. Right. So we pivoted. Um, another thing that we do, we don't go back a lot of this in prop stream. It initially takes you out a year. Mm-hmm. Right. Got to tighten that up. Mm-hmm. Like market is nowhere close to what it was this time last year. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going back three months like and looking to see if we can really find something. I really want to be at 0.25 miles. I don't even want to be at a half a mile. Right. I want to be able to pick a rock up and throw it at the house because if I can do that, I know that that's my comp, right? Mm -hmm. When we used to comp properties, like let's say uh, our MAO this time last year was 150. We might start off at 150. Maybe right. 148. Yeah. Now we starting off at about 135. Right. 100%. Yeah. You know, you got to start low. That cushion. Mm-hmm. You got to give yourself cushion um, because you got to understand you got to get these properties at a deeper discount. Correct. Um, we used to not be as, as open about retrading price. Man, we retrade price all the time. 
When a seller tells us something, I'm going to give you guys an example. The deal we closed last week was in Rowlett, Texas. That property was locked up by one of my closers. Uh, we originally had it at 300000 When we walked the property, I seen cracks in the walls. Mm. It was clearly, and it's, it's a, it was a huge house. It was mm -hmm. clearly a major foundational issue. Right. So my buyers are running through the house and probably three or four of them like, hey, it's a foundational issue. I'm like, that's all I needed to know. I went back. At first, what we would have done is we would have said, OK, well, if we can make a little bit off this, we're going to keep on rolling. Nope. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mr. Seller, you told us that the foundation was good. There are major cracks in the walls. I know mm -hmm. you've seen those cracks. Let's talk about it. We got a $13,000 price reduction from that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that property was at three hundred thousand. We renegotiated it down to two eighty seven, and we were able to assign it to the end buyer for three twenty five. Mm. And so, with that being said, like you got to increase. It's not about how many deals you do. It's about the margin that you get on these deals. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anytime a seller is not honest, we're gonna go have a conversation, even if it's. One and a half, uh, $1,500 each deal, 2000 each deal, we're going to go back and do that. So those are some things that we've adjusted. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, if you guys are, you guys should be taking notes. I mean, we'll have 100%. a replay, obviously, but drop drop in the comments, guys, if you really drop the flames. I want to see more flames on, <laughs> yeah, on these wanna, comments. see the flames. Um, if you guys are really enjoying this so far, and it, make sure you guys ask your questions, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, because- I think what you said, it's so simple, the concepts you're you're talking about, these little tweaks, right? Yes. Um, but you know, we always call overcomplicate it. Yes. As you know, we've all been there. Um, the first thing is being proactive and calling your buyers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge thing that um people are more reactive of like, oh, let me just do this. And they're in their own little bubble, and then you know, they talk to buyers and but you know, you're you're in when you're dependent on one buyer. That's never a good situation. That's either, right. Right. Mm -hmm. So you you took action there. Second thing is also like, you know, how you go about uh, reductions and getting the using the buyer's feedback as arsenal, mm -hmm. as leverage when you're renegotiating. I think when you're starting out, you probably don't have as much confidence to yeah. go back and be like, oh, well, I'll just take the five grand when really, you know, part of renegotiating is, you know, is negotiation skills mm -hmm. is like stating the facts. And sometimes I think we've mentioned before, you can use a buyer's report or buyer's inspection report as like, hey, look, look here, this is our inspection. This is what they found. These are the issues they found. Yes. I'm going to need, a, if you really want to close, mm -hmm. like we're, I'm going to need a $10,000 reduction. Um, you know, so it's, it's really the, the concepts are super simple. It's just the, the mindset and the confidence behind it. Sometimes it takes us some time to, to, to build that and, and really, you know, add that into our business. So I really love that mm -hmm. you didn't get comfortable. Yeah. You made the pivots when you needed to. Um, and it's, it's a constant iteration and yeah. maybe in the next six months, maybe things will, will, with the market changing, you may have to tweak a few things, That's but all in all, you're still sticking with your process, mm -hmm. with your the standards that you've set. And I think that's that's what's kind of taking you, I think, from where we talked to you before to now, like mm -hmm. each, you know, at, at the next level. Yeah. Um, so definitely kudos to you. And, and for you guys who are listening, like it's it's not that complicated. Mm -hmm. it's not, yeah, it's not. You know, G, you said something that was really, really good. 
and I hope that people didn't miss it. I think the reason why a lot of people don't take, they, they know the simple things to do, but they don't take the action is because they're too busy chasing so many things. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When you improve a process, when I was a project manager for Walmart supply chain, we could see 15 different things that was inefficient about the way that an operation was running. We never, never said, all right, we're going to take those 15 things. What's wrong with them? Let's fix them all at the same time. Never was that done. Correct. It always was one or two things. What are, Because this is the case in a lot of things. 100% of your deals are sold to 80% of your buyers. 80% of your problems, your inefficiencies is probably caused by 20% of something that you can improve to multiply those efforts to get way more out of it. So all you have to do is lock in on something specific and be disciplined enough to consistently go after that. And like you said, don't get comfortable. You should never be comfortable. Mm. I tell my team all the time, never be comfortable. I could tell you something today and I can come back tomorrow and say, you know what? We tried that. I didn't really like that. Let's tweak it. Yeah, man. You yeah. got to be nimble if you really want to improve a process. Exactly. Something else that we did that I didn't mention, we was all over the place, y'all. We we were nationwide. Like wherever a deal was, your boy. You were there. Because yep. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the buyers were, it was a surplus of buyers. They were easy right. to find those deals. So um, we brought those markets in. I brought them into our core markets. Right now, we're primarily focused on Dallas, Little Rock, and Memphis, because we know what's going on there, right? right Once right. our buyer starts back buying mid-February in Birmingham, we'll go back to Birmingham. Like, I want to have the ability to to sell these deals because the, 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 the name of the game is the cash conversion cycle. Correct. Mm -hmm. You know, if I spend a dollar today, how quickly can I get back $3? Right. And reinvest that and try out something different. Another thing, we locked up a property yesterday. Um, this is going to be the first property that we're going to do a flat fee listing. Never had this happen before. We wholesaled this deal. It was a Facebook ad lead. It was here in Dallas. We wholesaled the deal to the buyer. We locked it up at 200000 wholesaled it to the buyer for two ten. The lot is a huge lot. So the buyer's goal was to put another property to see if he could separate the, the parcels right. and build another property on it and sell both of the houses. Mm. The lot was like a thousand or fifteen hundred square feet too small for him to be able to do. It. Right. He calls me and he says, hey, Jeff, can you can you sell this property for me? So I'm I we locked up a property and I'm about to re-wholesale re the property that I wholesaled. Not too long ago. Here's the crazy thing. All in, he was about two hundred and fifteen thousand. He, I sold it to him for two ten. Closing cost was five thousand. I locked the property up at one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Yes, like it was crazy. Yeah, but that also goes to show a lot of people in this business focus on how distressed the house is. Right. We don't care how distressed the house is. Mm -mm. The seller does not care about the fact that you're going to need to repair the roof so that you can get rich. Mm -hmm. What they care about is their situation. 
correct. When the motivation is the stress, the price is always negotiable. And mm -hmm. he was distressed. He has three properties that he has listed that he hasn't sold. He's paying the interest rate on this property. He's just needing to stop the bleeding. And when you start to really hone in on that, that's also going to help you out with getting these properties at a deeper discount. I love the value aspect of yeah, it too, 100%. solving problems. And I think we've talked about this a lot too throughout, you know, once you stop focusing on the money aspect of it too, I'm like, oh, because we've been there, <laughs> get locked something up and you're like, oh, it's a nice 10, 15K. Um, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not able to scale at that level too. You have to come with some form of value and yeah. building these relationships. So obviously mm -hmm. this one buyer, like really there was something about you that he was yeah. like, hey, let's work together again. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think that's a huge thing too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I want to kind of rewind to when you said the um, uh, first call close, um, what you had said that and you eliminated that. I think that was a key. I think uh, people listening and watching need to write that down, because if, especially if you're new, that's your mentality going into the call that you need to close this. And that's yeah. the wrong mentality. The mentality needs to be adding value to that seller and how you're going to accomplish that. Right. And then because what do we say? We close deals on a follow up. Correct. Right. So um, I think that was super important. Eliminating that the first call close. Yeah. Um, I'm going to coin that. I'm going to take that uh, yeah. from you. But, hey, uh, hey, if you want my brother, Tim, it'd be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my brother. I'm good. With that. <laughs> Trademark that. There you go. Um, but also, um, when you were saying that communicating with buyers, like mm -hmm. just that situation with you currently, um, I know I had situation with buyers where I constantly contact them because a lot of the verbiage they say, I pass on to the sellers, Correct. right? So just because they just, they're not um, sure where the market's going to go in the future. So they're very conservative on their acquisitions. So that I pass that on to the sellers when I have a conversation with them, because that's actually what the buyers are looking at. Right. Especially in your particular market, uh, wherever your market is, that's why it's so important to talk to the sellers. And, and then at the same point, they might not be buying in that market anymore. They might be buying in another area or zip code mm -hmm. because of the market shift. So yeah. I just think those were some really good points that people need to kind of write and take notes and and understand that aspect as well so yeah and let's expand upon those two concepts because i i do think that they're important um with the one call close when you think about that concept the idea is well i want to close this seller out because i don't know if i'm ever going to get them back on the phone like i got them right here so let me keep them right here mm -hmm. so let's unpack that Part of a business is setting proper expectation. I knew what we were going to be talking about today because you guys set the expectation for me with that. I knew where I needed to join, all of those different things. We got to carry that over to our business. Mm -hmm. So right. the concept that we use when we start a conversation and when we end a conversation, which we have adopted from Tiff and Josh's process, is called TARP. TARP is T-A-R-P, time, agenda, result, permission to say no. 
time, you need to know how long you are expecting to spend with me right now. Mm -hmm. Agenda, what are we talking about? And this is all strategic because later on in the conversation, when you're rushing me or you're saying you don't know why we're hey, I told you earlier, G, that this this conversation was going to be about 10 minutes. You know, can can you work with me? Uh, Result. I'm going to let you know, no hidden agendas here. This is what I'm going to do with the information that you give me and permission to say no, because we're not used car salesmen. Right. I am not going to, hey, what I got to do to get you in that car? No. Do you want to be in the car? Or no. Because yeah. no, somebody else does. And that's who I need to be talking to. Right. Right. We don't. Sales is not about. Uh, having people who don't want to sell convincing them to sell sales is about okay you want to sell let me tell you why you need to sell it to me versus somebody else correct yeah correct that's the whole concept behind the eliminating the the, uh one call close and i was resistant to that at first because i was like man we're not gonna get those sellers back on the phone very often when we say, hey, OK, Tim, I got what I need. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this information to my underwriters. They're going to let me know what the property qualifies for. Then I'm going to call you back and let you know what your property qualifies for, as well as what it looks like for you to work with us. Hey, and once again, Tim, we're not always the best fit for you. So I want you to feel comfortable enough to tell me no if it doesn't make sense. Hey, it's 1056 right now. Can I call you back in 10 minutes? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Keep your lines open for me. We call back in 10 minutes and those people are answering the phone. Right. It's an experience. Right. And so that was the whole concept behind the one call close. Um, what was the second thing, Tim? You had said uh, communication with the buyers. Communication with the buyers. That's important because part of getting to the point, like what G was saying about renegotiating price when you have to, is the confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. How confident are you when you know exactly what your buyers are looking for? Correct. When when you know a buyer has told you, hey, anything in 72209, that's my zip code. Like, I want anything you got there that's under 100,000. And you're talking with a seller, and the seller is at, you know, 95,000, and they talking, you know, cash money noise. They super, man, you are super confident in your abilities to get that transaction done. So the right. way you're going to move on that call is going to be different. And the seller is going to recognize that, and they're going to say, okay, this person's not trying to sell me. Like they're mm-hmm. actually wanting to work with me and sound like they're knowledgeable about what they're talking about. Let me get right. them a try. Right. That's that's a that's a game right there. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's it right there. Make sure you guys are taking notes <laughs> on that again. Um, yeah, I think that's huge because uh, again, it, it's having the confidence and having these conversations, or even like we've talked about before too, JVing. Yeah. If I know you're a big player in Arkansas or Little Rock, Texas area, and I know you have buyers, and you're like, hey, if you find anything in this area, like let's work together at this price point. That also is another way that you can kind of work together and, and close deals too. Yes. And that builds me confidence where I'm like, okay, because, you know, that's something I've been also doing to save time because I'm still, you know, working the nine to five. Mm-hmm. And so I communicate with the person that I'm working with. I'm like, hey, I have this one lead. I think it's uh, in a good area uh, that, that you told me about. We're at this price point. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And then when I come back with the seller as saying, hey, I spoke to my manager, which in a way this is my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I, I know like I can kind of roll with that, with that confidence. So I think that's key. Mm. The, the more relationships you build with buyers, then the more feedback you get from them, the more confident you are in, um, in having these conversations with sellers. Cause yeah. if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. Sometimes it's just not what it is. Um, but again, you're adding value to, to the seller and solving a problem for them. If they want to go with someone else, they'll go with someone else. But uh, I, I just wanted to point that out. I think that's that's a huge thing, um, you know, that you mentioned there. Um, before we kind of, because I want to kind of get into your, like, your community, uh, mm -hmm. but we have some answers here. Okay. Or, sorry, answers, questions. Mm -hmm. One of them from Craig. Shout out to Craig, uh, who's in who's in the U. How would you suggest to sharpen my closing skills? Any books? So the way the I don't have any. Oh, I don't have any specific books. I, I, I said that and then I thought about it. Uh, Never Split the Difference is a really good uh, book yeah. for closing. Um, there are so many gems that are in that book that you can implement and they really work. Mirroring your seller, you know, mm -hmm. going for no, all of those type of things. That's a really good book to go after. The quickest way for you to sharpen in your skill, your closing skill set is you got to get guidance. If a person, uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, LeBron James, any great person is not great by themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. They have somebody or had somebody that got them to the next level. That's the reason why I went for coaching. Mm -hmm. I had hit the ceiling for where I was at. I needed guidance on where to go to the next place. You So the quickest way for you to get there, my mama always told me, she said, you can learn from being told or you can learn from being showed. She always said it, and I, I used to hate when she said it when I was younger, but I get it. It's so much quicker for you to learn from being told than for you to have to be shown, hit your head. And the first thing that we think about in that regard is, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the money to go for, for coaching or for guidance or anything. Right. Well, I hope you got the time. <laughs> right, right. Because that time is going to be there in the the opportunity cost as well. So that's my that's my response to that. That's mama knows what's up. She knows yeah, what's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a that's a great great question. Um we have another one which I already know you are implementing this, mm -hmm. but Jasmine here is asking, are you doing creative seller financing deals or are you just sticking to cash offers? Yeah, what's up Jasmine? So um we we own nine doors. Uh, all of those doors that we got were creative. Z zero money down. Uh, we did pay the seller's closing costs. Or actually, I negotiated for the seller to pay his own closing costs because I knew we were going to be buying them. Um, but all I do is sell him at the first of every month, and we own all of those doors. All of those, those properties were um, purchased from one investor in... Uh, owner finance. So that is the case. Now, in terms of are we offering it on every call? Every call is not going to make sense for a creative offer. Correct. So, you know, if we're looking at it and it makes sense, then we will evaluate. But if not, then no. Gotcha. Okay. Um, great, great question there. A uh, couple more. How much time should I be spending on comping before calling a seller? Ne none. Zero. Zero. You should be spending negative one seconds on company <laughs> before you get on the phone. That is one of the most that that is 
that is waste that I would never want my closers doing. Mm -hmm. The reason why I don't want to comp a property before I get a seller on the phone is because you're probably potentially not going to even get that person on the phone. Right. Exactly. So if I'm spending five or 10 minutes looking at a property, trying to comp it, trying to see where I need to be at before I get the person on the phone and I have a finite amount of time that I'm working with, which is the majority of people, the majority of people are just like G and working a nine to five. My time has to be fully optimized. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order to fully optimize your time, I'm only comping a property that I'm about to put an offer in. Bam, drop the mic yeah, there. Drop the mic there. Uh, we have maybe room for two more questions. I actually want to get into the Dropout Institute because I think mm -hmm. you're doing amazing things mm -hmm. there. Um, you know, you're an automatic leader, like naturally. Uh, I think coming sure. in first, you know, with Chris and, and the charge yeah. up, Pam. Um, talk to us about that. What, what's that been like? Uh, and then if anyone's kind of interested, like what, what, what set, set the expectations with us about yeah. the Dropout? Please. Yeah. Man, the Dropout Institute is unique in the fact that it's not a coaching program. I've I've realized it's more of a mastermind. Mm. So we meet every Monday uh, at six o'clock Central Standard. And like this past Monday, uh, we were talk. We did some case studies on some deals. You know, we talked through uh, some memorandum of contracts that we had to put on some some deals. But at the end of the call, so I'm I'm trying out auditioning for the closer Olympics. Right. I saw that, man. Nice. I already yeah. know you're, it's about to be. They they gotta let you in, bro. <laughs> I, hey, I'm 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 working. I'm I'm gonna be getting in my bag. I'm I, I'm not rusty, but I need to make sure that I consistently do it because, like I said, I hadn't really been closing. So I went live yesterday on my Insta media uh, on my Insta media on my Instagram. No, it's all the same. <laughs> hey, it's all the same thing. I went live on my Insta media yesterday, <laughs> and uh, I'll be doing that more. But, anyways, uh. At the end of the call, like they were pouring into me. Right. They were like, Jeff, are you crazy? Like, you need to be doing this. Why are you thinking that? Why do you care about that? You got this to give. You're and I'm like, I left that call like, God dog, like, mm -hmm. thank you to everybody. And so that's what the community is about. One thing that I learned about community is that you last longer and you have success quicker when you have community. Correct. Right. And so what I was finding was that so many people were reaching out to me. Hey, Jeff, this. Hey, Jeff, that. Hey, Jeff, can I get some of your time? You know, all of those things. And obviously, I don't have time to spend with every single person. I was like, man, why don't I create my own community where we can literally mastermind together and spend time strategically? Intentionally. And yeah. intentionally. That is so important. Intentional right. time means, hey, my phone is off. I'm not texting anybody right now. I am in this interview. That's a difference than, hey, I'm on my phone. Hey, I need to take this call. Give me one second. Like it's intentional time. Right. And uh, that that's what the Institute is about. I love that. So if anybody's interested, I did include the Dropout Institute um, in the show notes. So if you guys are curious about it, definitely check it out. We have room for one last. They're trying to kick us out here. Um, oh, I'm like, no, we, we got we got our guy here. We got our guy Jeff here. What like for what's kind of next for you? And what do you want to leave the audience with mm -hmm. today? And we kind of ended that la the last um, call uh, that yeah. we had. And 
really what you've mentioned, you, you've kind of created that for yourself. So 100%. I like to say, you know, we're the inspiration of all yeah. that. So yeah. uh, let, let's 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 put this out to the universe. What, what's going what's going on with uh, Jeff next? You know, Co uh, Coach Prime says something that uh, I loved. So first off, like I I love that guy. Like I yeah, love me too. He's a vibe, you know, man. He's a vibe, man. Like, and I just. I vibe with him. He said something. They had asked him. He was uh, at Jackson State University and they was trying to jam him up on the question. And it was like, hey, so what does the next like six to seven months look like with Jackson? He said, hey, I'm just going to conquer today. Mm, mm. I love that. I'm, I'm going to conquer today and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to conquer tomorrow. And that has been a mindset that I'm adopting because mm. six months ago, I didn't know that I was going to look like this. But as long as I conquer each day and I'm intentional about that in six months, I don't know where I'm going to be at, but I know it's going to be better than where I am today. Cause I'm mm. going to put work in every single day. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's a bar. Yeah. That's a bar right there. Well, Jeff, um, again, we had some technical difficulties earlier, but man, in the span, talk about efficient and intentionality know, right? in the span of 49 minutes. I think my guy, dropped a full mastermind here. <laughs> like we just had a mastermind session just exactly. now. Um, so show some love to Jeff, man. Thank you so much for taking man, the time you. out of your busy day to chat with us. And you guys, make sure you guys tune in to him. Follow him on IG at Jeff Buys Houses 1906. All the show notes, again, are down below with uh, the links to reach out to Jeff. Um, my guy, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to round three. Yeah, I'm looking right. forward to round three. Hey. Hey, we're going to do it. You may be in your vacation house somewhere. I don't know, man. Maybe. Hey, I might have a little, uh, you a may little have to be mama, mama in my that? hand with my feet kicked back. We going where you're at then. Yeah. We got to be a live one at, at that point. Yeah. But absolutely. appreciate you, my brother. You. Thank you so much. Uh, we got to definitely keep in touch with um, what's going on. And um, But appreciate all you guys again for tuning in uh show some love again to jeff uh and don't forget subscribe like make sure you like this video um we we got some more exciting episodes coming next week same time 8 a.m uh pacific 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m central i like to show central time some exactly. love too. Appreciate, uh, appreciate that G. yeah i got you i got you we i know are the lot we are the largest time zone. I don't know why people would like forget but about it. Forget y'all, right? It's too many, too many things to remember, man. It's <laughs> like we can't all live on one time zone, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but again, appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week. We'll keep in touch. See y'all next week. All right. Peace. Peace.